Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market and do right hey everybody how you doing welcome to this week's edition of swinging from the hip and uh we'll be getting joined by a few of the other guys shortly so um i'll wrap it on a bit until yeah paul's there to keep me company in the meantime so we'll get paul in and say hi hey paul hello yeah, I, pop you in there. I know you're doing some editing <laughs> no, no, I was, I was just going to chat to everyone in the in the live chats, folks. Don't forget, you can join us live at eight pm on a Monday evening in the live chat on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, or you can listen to the recording on your phone. Just search for the podcast New Zealand Sports Radio, uh, and you can listen to us as you uh, go on your commute, um, clean the house, do your gardening, um, do the dishes, your do the dishes, <laughs> all those wonderful things. Yes. So, um, as I said, the guys will be joining us shortly, um, and we'll basically crack on and get into it. Uh, welcome to everybody joining us uh, in the old chat room, and definitely put your comments in there, and uh, we'll pop it in there, and we'll have a bit of a discussion around anything that you've got any questions or um, things that you've noticed or anything you want to bring up. Just yeah, pop it in there, and we'll bring it up into our conversation. But um, and Paul's going to be sitting there and uh, monitoring that and responding to you as well. By the sounds of it, that's that's correct, isn't it, Paul? Yeah, it is. But hey, have you been keeping an eye on the Swinging from the Hip supporters um, uh, Facebook group where we have a good old chat about uh, cricket all the time during the week? Have you seen that? Have you seen the video I've put up in there? I did see a, v- a video today. I saw your videos being put up. Um, wh- I was going to talk about one of those um, that you put up uh, as part of our Ford Trophy uh, discussions, actually, once the guys get in. Ford, oh, yeah, which uh, one I'm, were you talking I'm, about? Were you talking about the North Shore, North Shore one? Yes, I'm talking about the North Shore one. Yep. Yep. So, yep, yep. so obviously, you'll, you'll go back to that as part of the um, the Forge Trophy stuff. Um, but while we're waiting for the other guys to join, um, let's. Um, if uh, so, folks, yeah, head over to Swinging from the Hip um, Facebook group, uh, the um, you know, Swing from the Hip Cricket Supporters Facebook group, um, because there is one of the all time, all uh, highlights, one of the all time, all round performances ever in the world. Um, yes, and apparently I, I'm trying. I still need to do a bit of research into it. It goes in the video uh, about it being a world record in terms of uh, the the batting effort. Um, yep. it, it'll be interesting. It must be at club level of some sort at a certain level. What fifty off just twelve balls? Someone scored a, yeah, a fifty quicker than twelve. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, no I'm, I'm just sort of saying at what level, though. Obviously, it's, it's not first-class level because it's club cricket. So uh, um, around the world at X level, so to speak. Well, actually, maybe maybe Truna can help us uh, help us on that one. Um, here we go. We'll add him in. He's, he's here there, so we'll um, we'll flick him in. And good evening, Taryn. How are you doing? Oh, good. How are you guys? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. We're just um, talking about a video that Paul's posted up on the Swinging from the Hip uh, supporters group on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if you've got a chance to see it. Uh, sort of an a ex-Black Cap um, scoring um, runs and getting lots of wickets for North Shore. Have you seen that? Oh, yes, I did see that. <laughs> so I sort of thought we might talk about that later when we sort of cover it off when we talk about Ford Trophy. You might want to talk about yeah, but 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 so first up, Oscar and I are arguing about the uh, about the world record. Is the fifty off twelve? What balls? is the record? Well, he he apparently scored fifty off just twelve balls. So where okay. so 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 Oshin's going? Oh well, no, it's uh, um, it, you know, he's reckon, reckon, reckon that's in all forms of cricket or just club cricket or or, or uh, did you oh, think no, it's what Boston? I'm saying um, is down to what level? Down to what level is they sort of um is sort of you know they you know like if you get a, a test match hundred versus a first class hundred versus a club hundred sort of at what level is it sort of and globally because if you're looking at it globally, um I don't think they uh, I I I don't know enough about it but I think just using a little bit of common sense I would say they don't look anything beyond first class cricket as a thing, and yeah. I know there's world record overall statistics but i think 50s will be very hard to quantify based on if what if you're playing in a some bloke recently scored 350 or something with the bat in birkenhead yeah in some yeah. grade well, cricket you know so which grade well, do you count and what don't you count yeah and you got the sunday and league cricket in the, sure, in the uk in it and yeah, it's just I'm like 100 sure there's a, a nine ball 50 i reckon surely somebody's hit eight sixes i'm sure 50. Somewhere I'm well, it has to be somebody must have done it. Has to be. It's probably not recorded. I know you're looking it up hastily on Google. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm googling to see see what we can find. Must be. There has to be. So Chris Chris Gale has done um, smashed uh, a twelve ball fifty. Yeah. Oh, um, there we go. At what level? I bet. What level? Yeah. Well, who was it against? Does it say who was against? It, would, it wouldn't be uh, against. The, the so He's wearing yellow, so um, he's played about forty teams. Uh, Super League, Pakistan Super League. Um, the uh, in the um, fourth, uh, the the T Ten League. Oh, wow, yeah. that's the Abu Dhabi T <laughs> Ten League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so he scored a fifty off twelve balls in that one. Um, I'll, I'll I'll see what other what what other what other ones I can find. While you guys chat about other we'll, stuff, I'll tell you, we will let you go. We'll, we'll we'll let you go back to the chat room and uh, have a look at, and we'll come back to you a bit later with um, figures, effects, and figures around fifties um, and who scored them the quickest. But um, we'll go on to the show. And one of the things we wanted to Taz is going to join us a little bit later, and we'll rip into the PSL once he joins us. And um, in the meantime, I sort of thought we'd just cover off the uh, Ford Trophy. Um, obviously, now getting to the final stage. Last round was played. This weekend just gone, and a couple of outstanding results, or phenomenal results, really. Just start off with the first one, the penultimate round, where, um, so, basically, Auckland played, uh, Canary played Auckland twice down in Christchurch. Um, the first time, 
uh, Canterbury winning by over 200 runs, and I believe that was their um, a record for them, the long, the biggest win. It might have been a New Zealand record as well, the biggest winning margin in terms of runs. Nope. Yeah, that's the Finn Allen. And no, Finn no, 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 Finn Allen was, was no, no, no. That was Canterbury against Auckland. So there's, there's oh, Canterbury oh, against Auckland. Canterbury, Auckland, where they're Auckland yeah, yeah, yeah. Canterbury. Got, so shot. Canterbury scored about 330, and then Auckland were rolled for. Obviously, they were going for it, and um, they were all out for. I think it might have been like 90 odd even. Might try and just bring up the um, that result actually. See if I can quickly find it. The uh, one that you're talking that's about was um, yeah, now, eh? like it's all complete. That's right. It's all complete. That's uh, that's the one there. Here we go. Scorecard. So there, Canterbury scored 313. I'll bring it up on the screen. Canterbury scored 313 uh, for four of their 50 overs. And as you can see, Auckland were bowled out for 97. So they were basically uh, yeah. a 200-run I mean, victory, 216 runs. So. so Yeah, uh, look, I think I don't think you could blame uh, the chase for that kind of loss. Sometimes it just happens when you've got a side that's quite a aggressive side. Probably you know that's how they play, and sometimes yep, uh, you have turn up on these kind of days, and you yep. just suck it up and swallow it because when the days <laughs> you play like this and you come off, you're going to score your chase down three fifty. You 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 basically. You flush the dunny and you move on, don't you? Because it's like it's just one of those. You, there's not much you can really take out of it. No. And then basically we'll bring up the other scorecard. No, I think if anything. Yep, carry on. Yep. No, if anything, you know, they'll probably dissect why the bowlers went for 300. Yep. Yep. I'm just going to bring yeah. up uh, the other game that you were alluding to was the um, – with Finn Allen uh, scoring, I think, uh, fastest 100. and But the, the thing there was um, Wellington scoring the um, the highest list A total in New Zealand, 427 yeah, for eight. 427 they scored. Yeah, that's pretty but amazing. A, that's pretty amazing. I mean, we look at that scoreboard. I mean, you look at the top of the order. But nope. that's at the basin, right? It's at the basin. Yep, that was at the basin. And uh, yeah. but you got Finn Allen and Tom Blundell, 128 and 151 at the top of the order. Finn Allen, 128 for you know 59 deliveries, just absolutely amazing stuff, isn't it? I know it's at the basin, as you said, but to score a, a, a hundred yeah. at 200 strike rate, it's a that's a that's oh, a yeah. that's a mighty effort. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in pretty good form. And, 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 and you'd have to say probably he was one innings away from getting a shot at the t in a T Twenty international. Why? Why would you say one innings? Well, sort of, well, Martin Guptal um, scoring ninety seven. Well, I, I was sort of thinking, um, you know, there was a lot of pressure coming on Martin Guptal. Oh, he'd I, sort of be struggling. I don't think Guptal would have been. Yeah, I don't think he'd drop him. They wouldn't. That's oh, a bit okay. harsh to kind of drop Martin Guptal, I think. 
<laughs> oh, that's how I see it. Things very yep. harsh. Um, oh, and, yeah, and the fact but, is, and, as I said, is it? Yeah. yeah. It would have been interesting, though. I mean, like, you're sort of like, you've got someone knocking on the door, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And then, look, I think Finn Allen will get his turn. He's pretty young, isn't he? So, he'll get his turn, but that's his first through season. Hey? Once he gets back to Auckland. <laughs> oh, I like Auckland. Hey, just, just, yeah, yeah, just, just the sort of um, not a bad sort of um, uh, repost by Otago, really, isn't it? Three hundred and forty-five, and and basically a forty overs too. So, um, yeah. uh, apart from running out of wickets, they were on sort of target to sort of like challenge the four hundred and twenty-seven. So, pretty good batting strip there in Wellington. Yeah, and that's the kind of response you'd expect when you're chasing three hundred odd, though, you know. Of four hundred odd, when you don't really have a choice, you just got to go for it. Yeah, yeah, and they've they've got some experienced cricketers. They've got people like Kitchen, Broom, and um, those kind, of, and Rutherford and Co. playing for them. So, yeah, no surprise. But then it's the basin. There might have been certain variables that would have favoured high scoring as well. If they're yep. playing on one side of the block with the wind also going in that direction, you know, it's just to pick up and put it into a jet stream. And it picks up fixes anyway. So one side will be very easy and the one side will be very tough. So, or vice versa. The big boundary might have had the wind helping it and the other side could have been short bound. Yeah, absolutely. So you just towards the short boundary. Yeah. So we've got, the as as we mentioned a few times, the Ford Trophy, the round robin section is now complete. Uh, That's the table as it stands. And um, as Simon says in the old chat rooms, the uh, elimination playoffs uh, will be taking place this uh, weekend, and that will be with between Northern Districts and Wellington, with Canterbury uh, going straight through to the final. Um, interesting one, Wellington versus Northern. What? How do you see that one going? Was it really now you're in the finals? It could go either way. Um, so that would be at Northern. So I'm guessing they're going to play it down at the Bay. Yeah, at I, I, Bay Oval. Yeah. Um, well, I think that probably just evens it up a little bit in many ways. If mm-hmm. you're looking at the teams, I don't think Wellington possess, and I could be wrong here, but I think their, bowl, their spin stocks aren't as great as Northern spin stocks. Northern, yeah. Yeah, and I think Northern will bring a, a bit more of an all-round versatility to their um, to the game on a slowish wicket as opposed to yep. Wellington will probably used to play on nice hard wickets where they can hit through the line and those kind of things. Sure. And, yeah, and, so and, I yeah, and I think they've got guys like Devisich, the Grunner Home, um Henry Cooper, Popley not Popley but um, Carter and Raval. Yep. Who've got that versatility to the game. I think someone like Colin de Gronerholm has been simmering away quietly without setting it alight. So it could be the wrong day for Wellington in many ways. It could be an unfortunate because, I mean, like, Colin de Gronholm's a good example there in terms of the fact that being out injured for a long time now, been slowly working his way back into, and now he's got a stage to sort of just really hit the go button, hasn't he? Yeah. And you've got someone like Joe Walker, Freddie Walker, who do, who's, who've done really well this year for ND. So, their spin stocks will be very good compared to 
the likes of Bracewell, who's taken a lot of wickets, but different style of bowler, followed by um, Pierre Young husband. Yeah, just in you terms of young husband, I mean, like, you know, someone who's actually not not a young fellow, actually, but he's he's been around for a while. But this season, well, last season and this season, sort of has come onto the scene and been quite, had a fair bit more success this year, though. Yep. Uh, well, let me let's have a look at what he's done because I his overall stats don't let the world alive. Um, don't yep. set the world on a fire. But if you look at their statistics, um, bowling. What is he, Wellington? Trying to get. Well, he's got thirteen wickets. He's their leading wicket taker. Right. Uh, and he's been consistent. His best of three for forty-two. Um, he's averaging twenty-eight. Uh, his economy rates at five point one four. So, and you'd take five point one in Auckland, in New Zealand as a spin bowler, yep. especially as yep. a leg spinner. Yeah. So, I mean, he's bowling yeah. his overs. If you look at his dot ball percentage, it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. You're right. He's having a great campaign. Then, if you go the other way around. And this is how I'd be looking at it if I was ND. Um, he... He's 31 years old. He's 31 years of age. He's played 33 games and he's taken 32 wickets. Yeah. Wow. So he's really late bloomer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, take away those 30. Wickets around for quite some time when he's got nine goes nine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, just, just yeah, so what do you think? Really so, Simon, make someone a, I mean, granted, he got, he's got the Gronholm out last game. I know that. Who, who did? Sorry. I was talking over the top of you. Who, who was the uh, who took who got the Gordon home out? Peter, Peter, young husband. Oh, Peter, young husband. Oh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's, he's, he's got his yeah. rabbit. Um, it did Simon yeah. sort of saying uh, in the chat rooms that it'll actually be at Seddon Park, not at Bay Oval. So uh, does it make much of a difference there? I mean, like a bit, bit lower at um, Seddon Park. Uh, there's two sides to Seddon, isn't there? Like there's the very slow wicket, and then there's your seeming wicket. <laughs> And I yep. think in first class cricket they like to play on the slow one. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I, when you cricket. say that, when you say that, are they basically side by side? Because it's not a they're drop. On the block. No, no, they're, they're on, on the block. block. Yeah. yeah, there's different yep. soils. Yeah, there's different yep. soils. Oh, the there's block. different soils on the block. I was not aware of that. I thought it was just yeah. the one soil across the whole block. No, no, there's different yeah. soils that come together. I don't know what they are. Waikiri, Patamahoe, or whatever else. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, they do play distinctly different styles of um, pace. So who do you think is uh, going to be out of the Northern Wellington game? Who's going to be going through to take on Canterbury in the final? Obviously, I've got mates in the northern side, good friends, so I'd like to see yeah, good friends. they'll go across. Yeah. So you got to pick the opposition. <laughs> no, no. And that's, that was the last thing I played for, and I kind of helped out with the program. So <laughs> I'd like to they'll win. Yep. Take on Canterbury down in Christchurch. That, and that'll be yeah, a big ask, won't it? I think if they get to Canterbury, they'll be 
whoever goes to Canterbury out of these two yep. will probably win it. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. yeah. That'll be interesting. Absolutely. We'll come back in a couple. We'll come back after the finals played, and we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll um, see how those results come out. Here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a double-edged sword with this lockdown thing. We get to get Taryn on the show. <laughs> and then call me out on my bullshit cricket chat. <laughs> All righty. Well, we'll move along from the um, uh, from the Ford Trophy and, and I suppose no, get into a bit of... Honestly, yeah, yeah, Karen, I don't yeah. know if you've been following it. Um, Will O'Donnell, have you seen his statistics? It's phenomenal. Oh, I cam- saw that. Campaign uh, look, had. I mean, okay, so... I've been, I mean, a frustrated Auckland supporter this season, right? Um, I think like many Auckland, Auckland cricket, Auckland supporters would be out there. And um, but one thing I have noticed is that you keep Will O'Donnell keeps popping up as someone that scores runs. Um, so in the Ford Trophy, I think he got about nine fifties and a hundred, mm. something silly like that. So that's some pretty good stats that he's racked up. I'll tell you what they are. Um, he's got my. Uh, I've fooled people. My wife actually pointed them out to me. It must have been like an Instagram or something. Will O'Donnell's got 537 runs this season, which is not bad going, considering the next guy is 298, Sean Solier. And, and and considering how the team's been going. I mean, like, you know, it's yeah. obviously to, 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 to keep performing when you, you sort of the, the team's up and down. Yeah, and then if you consider the overall package. Will O'Donnell got 537 against Ken McClure at 388 at second and G. Ravau at 371 at third. <laughs> now, so that's a seriously standout performance from him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we're looking for obviously him to build on that and really sort of, some, well, he cemented anyway. I mean, but just just to become one of Auckland's sort of top batters, especially when you start losing the likes of your um, Guptals and your um, Glenn Phillips and the like to international duties. We need these guys as an Auckland supporter to come through and um, put their hand up and perform like he is. Yeah, good good on him for, you know, taking his opportunities and going as well as he has done. Yep, yep, absolutely. He'll be able to give Robbie a bit of rubbing at home and saying, hey, bro, what you doing? (laughs) (laughs) hey um just just so obviously look where where has it gone wrong for auckland this season oh no i couldn't just like t20 and then i mean like we we sort of briefly mentioned ronnie herer and um you know someone who's obviously still got got it in his game i mean he's not actually that he's we talked about young husband being early 30s i mean ronnie's only going to be around that as well himself um that experience more than that is a bit more than thirty, is he? I just remember giving him throwdowns in the domain before my games. Showing <laughs> <laughs> your age when he was about a two-year-old, when he was about two or three, and we were trying to keep him entertained while Dad was out batting. <laughs> just oh, yeah. googling it. Ronnie, he's thirty-three, mate. He's only thirty-three. Yeah, he'll be thirty-four this year, I reckon. Yeah, he'll be 34 in a few months. About four months' time, he'll be 34. He's 34 now. He's already 34. Oh, is he? He's 34 oh. now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Say 34 years, 37. Okay. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, you can't help but say he's sort of like um, missed out on a bit of experience on that Auckland side, especially during the Super Smash. 
would have been handy. Yeah. Um, there, there's, he's obviously been around a long time, and the fact if somebody's saying no after that, if somebody's saying no to that level of experience, it's going to be one of two things, right? They either there's something we don't know, or um, they the strategic direction they're wanting to take for their programs different to wanting to just winning trophies. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's um, yeah. Uh, what I've sort of thought is that fact is that it feels like um, sometimes with the Auckland team, especially with the selections as they've gone through, whether it's Super Smash and Ford Trophy, is it, you're sort of thinking it feels like there's a development um, uh, component around the way that the team's being selected. Well, yeah, you, as you say that, you then kind of look back and go, well, they have debut guys in their 30s. They've handed out contracts to guys in their late 20s. So it's, it's a, yeah, it contradicts itself a little bit. That's it. You're sort of like, I know exactly what you mean because it's like um, we're saying, because whilst I say it's just like you look at the teams and you sort of think, oh, there's a bit of a development feel about it. And then you go and look up some of those players, and as you just stated, they're, hang on, he's 28. Oh, hang on, he's 30. And it's just like, what, you're doing development with 28-year-olds and 30-year-olds? So, yeah, anyway, mm. we'll look to see how it um, progresses. I mean, like, um, you know, they've got one of the best-performed coaches um, around our New Zealand domestic scene for the last few years, and Heinrich Milan yeah. come up from CD. So, I mean, he had good success with Auckland last year um, where they went through to the – T20 final and they picked up the Ford Trophy last year so it'll be interesting to see whether it was just a blip in the radar or there's something more to it so we'll see that happen oh. next year but um, yeah. yeah I think that's about it and I suppose just yeah. uh, I mean if you if you just quantify yourself on purely winning trophies then you're going to struggle to have many successful campaigns if winning is the only marker you set yourself for or judge yourself by it, then it's going to be a very difficult job. So it's you're like sort of I was thinking... going into work and be having 100% wins every single time. Every single job we quote for, do we get it? Yep. Yeah, it's a bit like that, right? It's Well, yeah, I know, but it's interesting, though, because when you look at it, it's just like, I suppose, in this country anyway, we, we're used to where, I mean, like, we're, we're rugby sort of is such a dominant feature, feature on the sporting landscape. And when you look at even a minor 10 cup level and you look at the fact is that that's the top team you're from your province, so you are expecting them to go out there and win every time. There is a different there is a different element to cricket, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one to sort of like to balance across the fact is that is is it just about development of the players and development of your team over years, or are you actually, as you say, trying to go out there and win all the time? And it's just like this, yeah, tough one. As a fan, yeah, I want to no, see them go out there and win every time. Yeah, and I think I think the players always go out to try and win. Mm. I don't think the players oh, yeah. play for anything else but winning. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, and certain selections sometimes compounds it because there's probably a development element to it. Um, some players probably get a longer leash because there's a development element to it. You know, so some, probably, some players probably get dropped at the wrong ages because there's a need to want to bring you foster and youth. You know, so those things, but whoever's on the park, those 11, I think they're always yep. going to win. Yeah, right. So that, I think yep. that yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Nobody's going out there to just 
I, I suppose, turn up or, or just to work on their game at that level. Yeah. They're going out there to yeah. win. Yep. Yeah. What, what yeah. Just um, looking at the table in terms of central is also sort of ending up at the bottom table. They've been one of the, you know, traditionally over the last sort of, let's say, five, six, seven years even, they've been one of the stronger performers right through um, our domestic cricket scene. And sort of like ending up at the bottom of the ladder, still something, something just not gelling there this season. Because when you look at their squad that they had, they've still got the George Workers, they've got the Will Youngs, they've got the Tom Bruce's, Ajaz Patel, Seth Rances. The, the players are still there. It just obviously there's something hasn't quite clicked for them this year. Yeah, and I'll I'll give you my take on that. Yep. Um... Um, I'll bring normally, Taz in while you're doing that because he's waiting in the background, so we'll get him yeah, in. Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah, bring him in. Mor- uh, morning. I said morning, Taz. Is it evening, Taz? <laughs> how you doing? Good evening. Good. Thank you. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. Go, Taren. Uh, are you ready? Hi, hi, Taz. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I was just on the mother window. So here's my take on it, right? I don't know how many games this guy has played. They've, they've had success when Ajax Patel has gone well for them. This yep. year, he's taken two wickets at uh, economy rate of 6.27. But the bowling average, that doesn't even feature in the top 10. Do you think he's carrying an injury or what do you think's going wrong there? I mean, oh, being, man, being a league people are allowed to have a tough campaign, you know, and that yep. could just be it. Yep, so they absolutely. Could yeah, sometimes Luck you could just leave it at that as opposed to cooking it. Yeah, you don't get the rub of the green or whatever. You just, yeah, the ball bounces sometimes. just short it's of your field or whatever. Or people will take you seriously these days because you're a good player and they actually yeah. make plans and focus on you and realise you're a big vital cog in their bowling component and they take you apart. And once that happens, your team starts to I think that I would put it down to that. When you look at their runs, Kelly, Who's got runs for them? There should be. See, there's. They've got about four, three guys that have scored over 250 runs. Mm-hmm. So runs are runs see more, right? Runs are coming. Yeah. If anything, the big names like Taylor and Will Young probably went a bit quiet. Yep. I don't think Taylor scored any. He's got one knock. I, I think he yeah one knock, and it might have been in the last game, in fact, that he got he made some runs. Yeah. You know, so that's where I think, if anything, the middle order, top, middle to top order probably did set it a lot. Josh Clarkson um, scored runs at, of 308 batting in the middle order. No middle to lower order. Yep, yep. So you're coming in late and scoring runs. That means your top order hasn't exactly been around top long then. Yeah. I think mm. this Wiggins kid is young, might be young. He's scored 179. Ben Smith, 160. Yeah, a couple of guys were probably just went missing. But then if your big feature of Ajax Patel isn't showing, then it kind of makes it hard. But, yeah, it's just probably a campaign that just didn't come out for them. Just didn't work for them this year. And this yeah. is like and, – and with like with Auckland, it'll be interesting to see whether it's a, a one-season blip or whether there's something more that they need to do a bit of – go back to the drawing board on. Yeah. That, yeah, it'll come down to that. And then if you look at Plunkett Shield, and that'll probably tell everything. You know, if somebody wants to Plunkett Shield, everything will be forgiven. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> At the, it's interesting you say that because I mean, like, like, like with cricket. I mean, I, I I'm assuming I'm making I'm making a massive assumption here, but I mean, for me. At the end of that, I still like watching Test cricket the most out of any format of cricket. Um, and so when it comes down to domestic, actually Plunkett Shields actually my favoured um, form of cricket as well. Four day matches there. What about for yourselves? You guys, what, what's your preferred format of cricket? Taron, you go first. <laughs> oh, um, I, I think um, wow, well, it's tough to choose. You know, like. If you want to win trophies for a good time, you'll probably say Super Smash is a good campaign because it's you can kind of really hone in on it for about four weeks and see where you land. But most satisfying one is probably the Plunkett Shield. Yep. But then the four four trophy has its own worth, right? It's the only format that actually has a World Cup in it. So if you're going well in a four trophy, I think the tempo of your game is really on point. You can translate it across to for your individual form. If you're going well in four trophy, you probably yep. know you're playing well. No, yep, yep. And, and yourself, Tez, what do you what are you what's your preferences in terms of formats? Oh well, I mean, uh, watching like watching on telly, I would probably um, I think Test cricket is more um, more challenging in terms of um, you can see more of a strategy in Test cricket. I, I guess like you have strategies in one day and T20s as well. But in test cricket, sometimes the bowler sets up a batsman for like three, four overs before he gets him out. Whereas in T20 and Wonder, it's like, you know, they're kind of like, you know, sort of setting a batsman up for two balls, you know, and then trying to get them out. So from bowling perspective, that, but um, yeah, I think um, longer format for me. Oh, you mean, you, you see now Aaron's wrong, isn't he? Because he's saying that you guys love white ball. <laughs> he's obviously not listening. <laughs> You're just looking at the pictures. <laughs> uh, well, look, um, now that we have got Taz on, we'll uh, move along to the PSL. Now, I'm going to ask you, how would you like to tackle this? Because there's been quite a lot of games since our um, last Monday. Or should we just go over the table and just see where how the teams are traveling and go down that way? Yeah, so um, I think I'll sum it up for you. Uh, I okay, I'll bring up the table. Islamabad and Quota, everyone has played four games. And the good thing with that is, like, um, there is no team that is unbeaten. So everyone lost at least one game. And the games, and the key with that is, like, if you look at, look at that net run rate, after four rounds, um, no one is above one. So it's not like one team is dominating. Um, yep. Most of the games, apart from maybe two, uh, were quite sort of competitive, like, you know, sort of, uh, I think a team needed like 35 of three overs and they chased it down and like, so it's like, uh, and this time around it's high scoring as well. They're playing in Karachi. So um, this time of the year, it's probably, you know, Karachi is a good place to play cricket. Uh, north in the evenings, it would get cold. So it'd be interesting how it, it goes afterwards. But at the moment, Peshawar Zalmi, uh, obviously top of the table with lower calendars uh, right up there. Um, both Karachi and Lahore Kalenders, their strike bowlers, they're taking wickets in first six overs. And I guess on good batting tracks, that is the key. Um, if you look at um, the bowlers, the top out of top 10 bowlers, all are medium bases or fast bowlers. So spinners haven't really <laughs> got in. Uh, I guess like the tracks would have been fresh and reasonably good. Um, small boundaries. 
So in the top 10 bowlers, wicket takers, all, all seamers. And Zalmi, who are top of the table, got two out of top three. And Wahab uh, Riaz and Sakim Mahmood. So I guess like the fast bowlers uh, at the moment are sort of um, helping the, the teams at the top. And, and obviously we're talking about the top teams. Gladiators struggling quite a bit there. So we talked about nobody's got a net run rate Islanders, over one. Oh, Quetta. Quetta, yeah, down the bottom. Quetta Gladiators. Um, basically, they've got a net run rate of minus 1.5. So they're obviously struggling quite a bit. Yes, yeah. I mean, they obviously, their guns haven't fired yet, you know. I mean, uh, Sefraz, uh, he's he's done okay for them. He's probably their top scorer. But their their bowling has been quite um, quite terrible. Um, not to be sort of, you know, uh, oh, to harsh. be exact. I mean, Shinwari, <laughs> like one of their, like he's a Pakistan international. He's gone for 10 or 11 and over. Um, mm. I think it's just like um, their bowlers haven't really fired in. Not, not that their batsmen are scoring heaps of runs, but um rest of the teams have got one or two bowlers who are sort of showing up on the day but kota particularly their bowling is struggling and what and so basically i mean like how, how many um uh, round robins do they actually hit? how many times they're going round so i think every team will play 10 games yep before they go on to those uh, sort of uh, thing eliminators and and sort of pre-finals and finals yeah so yeah but the thing is like They've got another week or maybe 10 days of games in Karachi. They're all playing in national stadiums. So the, I guess the amount of games they have played, eventually the tracks will get slower. And Just about to ask you, how's the pitchers holding bowlers. up? Like, so at the moment, like top 10 wicket takers are all fast bowlers. Uh, someone like Shahid Afridi, I mean, he, he's from Karachi, great bowler. He's gone for 10 and over. You know, and it's taken two wickets in, in I think, um, from Multan. So four games, two wickets, and gone for 10 and over. Uh, which, to, to my surprise, like, obviously, he's a world-class bowler. Still, he bowls all right. So um, from that perspective, I think now the tracks will get slower for next week. And then from 10th of March, they're moving on to Lahore. Um, Lahore would be different. Obviously, they will have fresh tracks, but Lahore is a bit north of Pakistan. Which means that in the evenings it does it doesn't get cold, but the temperature drops a lot. So the dew might be a factor because some of the games are starting at eight at night there. So it'll be interesting how uh, teams because you've got horses for courses, so you have picked up your team teams like according to you know obviously the the knowing the timing of the you know PSL because they're playing half of their games in Lahore, which is uh, this time of the year. If they're playing under the lights um, in the evenings, there will be dual be a factor, so it will be interesting. But yeah, I mean, I think next week, this week, we might see more spinners doing well in uh, PSL. So when you're saying eight o'clock, so is that eight o'clock? It's it's at our time that they're starting. No, their uh, time, eight p.m. time so at eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah. At, wow. At, uh, Come on, Ashman. I don't think they timed their games to New Zealand viewership. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you know, I, I thought they should take pity on us because we've got to get by Spark if we want to see our own team play. So, you know, they could get some cricket on for us. You know, I was thinking along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, you're right. I mean, like, you know, it's not a case of duels. Eventually, duels going to be there from the start, isn't it? At 8 so, o'clock like, at night? See, in, in Karachi, obviously, it's not the case because Karachi is a coastal city. I mean, it's quite... Um, you get a breeze all year through. round, it's a similar weather, so it's not going to make much difference in Karachi. But in Lahore, uh, the northern north of Pakistan, you move like um, the nights are colder, 
So yep. I, I, they had a World Cup 1996 in Pakistan, and the dew was a factor, like in the in the day night games. Uh, but this game is obviously these games are starting at seven and eight p.m. and uh, the late ones, the second games. So the dew will definitely be a factor. And uh, Simon's just asking the question: Are there any games in the Gaddafi Stadium? I think so. All the Lahore games are in Gaddafi Stadium. Ah, right. So that's that's the actual Lahore Stadium is the Gaddafi yes, Stadium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, just uh, Aaron sort of saying, uh, I think the PSL was on Sky. It is. It is, it is actually it is. it is on Sky. Is. Yep, yep. Yeah. You do have to go f hunting find for it. it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to find it. It's on usually on one of the Sky Sports Select channels, and you don't yeah, know where the hell they one are. Of the pop up channels, like you know. Yeah, pop up uh, channels. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you have to go around yeah. looking for it. Yeah. So, one thing we haven't had the chance to do in the previous um, previous times we've talked about the PSL. Who are you picking to, uh, to go through and and to take this title out? Oh, it's, it's a tough one, but I think Lahore Calendars, um, just just the balance they have in their team overall, um, and their bowling, obviously, uh, they've got decent bowling. Uh, to be fair, looking at the table now, um, see, so, so Multan is sitting at five. I would mm -hmm. be surprised if they will stay at five. Like, they will go up because um, they've picked three league spinners. So Imran Tahir, Usman mm -hmm. Kadir, and Shahid Afridi. So Imran Whoa. Tahir is actually sitting out so far. So, um, I guess like the later stages of the tournament, the slow bowler will play a bigger part, and they've got three genuine league spinners who 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 are quite handy in in this format. So, um, and they've obviously, I think, yeah, I personally support Islamabad, so I want them to win. <laughs> uh, but I think Lahore Kalendas, uh, from by the look of their team and and form, um, I think they they are my favourites. And Aaron asking all the important questions in the uh, chat rooms tonight. Is it, so we know in Australia, we've heard about the, um, actually, who used to, John Reed, um, the um, R Reed, not F Reed. Um, no, sorry, F Reed. I'll get the younger one anyway. Talked about when he went to um, Australia and played under lights in Australia, and he got big Joel Garner coming in to bowl at him, and there's a moth flying around. It comes inside the helmet, and it's just like, what do you do? You go, <laughs> <laughs> what's it like in 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 pakistan in india uh playing under lights with the, the with the bugs flying around is it a is it a is it an issue um look i mean i've actually played a few games under lights in pakistan and yep. not in march probably more in the summer which starts from may onwards um yep. you can probably like in june july probably but not this time of the year so I don't think that will be an issue. That should be an issue. This should be okay. Ah, sweet. All right. Well, um, we'll move along, and we'll we'll come back. Hopefully, we'll get. Um, as I said, it's a it's a week by week, lockdown by lockdown proposition on where we have Taz and uh, <laughs> Taryn on the show. So depending on where we're at, we'll be able to discuss more PSL next week and see how that table shifted and um, whether to see whether Taz Islamabad United have uh, managed to move their way up the table or not. And uh, we'll we'll. we'll Go along and see see what happens then, and uh, yeah, that's about it really for the PSL. And um, as I said, you can if you've got Sky, you can see it to see some cricket. So uh, it is a bit later on, at, uh, but later on at night. But yeah, if you've got a bit like, of insomnia, three o'clock in the morning. I think sometimes the one of their games is around ten hour time. Um, but yeah, most I have seen the odd games at night. You can watch it on YouTube next day, like. HD quality, so it's no, there's no excuse not. That's what I do. I'm like, get up next morning and watch it. Unless it's an yeah, early in game lockdown now, you got to kill some time. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, like you're in lockdown. I mean, you're gonna wait, wake up late in the next day anyway. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, so moving along, and we're gonna go to the um, to to the the test, um, England, Australia, te- uh, in England, India test that was uh, completed rather quickly during the week. Now, just conversations that have already been had around it. The, the number Australia and New Zealand scored more runs in a T20 than was scored in the test match. And then as Paul pointed out to me during the day when we were having a chat, Wellington scored more runs in their one-day game the other day, 437, than was scored in the test match as well. So it was a very truncated, very short test match. We could rinse and repeat from a few weeks ago in terms of the pitch. What 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 was your take um, on, on the uh, pitch, on the test? Uh, we'll start with Taryn on this one. Uh, I know she's with the pitch. Yep. It was the same for both sides from day one. If anything, that's the best, probably the best part of it. You play on uh, seeming tracks, you come to new places like New Zealand, or if you go catch England uh, and under right conditions in England, it lasts a day or a day and a half, right? And it kind of just patterns out quite nicely and so the toss then actually becomes quite crucial here it gives you ever so slight advantage by winning the toss in this instance mm-hmm. after that it's just it's even game for everyone it's it's not as if one team is batting on a minefield and the other team is batting on a rope they're all batting on the same thing and it is a test of different skill sets Pitch, no nice. issues. I think England blundered twice batting poorly um, in the second and the third test in their first innings. And that was quantified by the by the way Rohit Sharma batted well in subsequent innings every time. I think and that was the difference, really. Yep. And that's how I saw yep. it. Oh, look, Taz, I, mean, and, and I, think, I think just before we get to Taz, because um, I, I, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's more the fact that the application. We've, I mean, personally, I've sort of said this is for a while now, is that you know the players have become so used to playing T20 and fast ODIs that Test match cricket isn't played like Test match. The, the application, when required, isn't always there. And this test, to me, is a good example of it. Playing rash shots or shots that shouldn't be played, um, as opposed to just batting it out, batting it out, and um, spending time at the crease. Now, I'm going to go to Taz now because I know that you put a tweet up or a Facebook post up which basically said most of the wickets were actually not big, massive turners that, that actually ended up taking the wickets. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, like, you know, I mean, there's two ways of, way of looking at it. Like, it's one is the skill with the bat and then skill with the ball. Um, so that's, that's obviously two things, uh, excluding the wicket. So when you come to the wicket, as Taryn mentioned, I remember, like, when I first came to New Zealand in 2002, I went to watch New Zealand play India, and they, they, those were drop-in pitches, and the games were over two and a half days. Uh, I remember, like you know, it was 150 and 100, and um, Jacob Oram I think saved New Zealand, but rest of the batsmen from both teams struggled. Um, Tendulkar I think scored I think two runs in three innings in that series. I think I think it was a two Test match series. So I think it's it's a it's same for both teams, and England probably had the better conditions. Um, if you look at the shot selection, 
I bet you if there was, uh, say, someone like Mumbai or Hyderabad playing against the same Indian bowling lineup, they would have easily scored more runs because they kind of know how to play on those conditions. Because they play in day in, day out, they kind of have to find ways to score runs on such pitches, you know? Um, yep. So I think it's, um, I mean, if anything, probably England had the advantage because they batted first. And from a position yeah. 70 for two, um, getting like obviously out twice and the game over in two days, anything but England probably didn't apply themselves. Um, other thing with, with spin bowlers, obviously, um, I worked with spin bowlers uh, over the years. Um, it's a pink ball. So the pink ball has extra lacquer on it, like the white ball does. So say someone like Mitchell Setna, for example, he probably won't be as successful in red ball as he would be in white ball because it skids on more. So same applies to the pink ball because it has, like, say if, if there's one coat on red ball, on pink and white balls, there are at least two coats of, you know, sort of lacquer. lacquer. So what that does is, like, obviously, then your um, the guys who can uh, skid them through have, have an advantage. Now, uh, I think Kevin Peterson struggled against left-arm spinners, especially in, in Asian conditions as well. Um, and that had to do with the same thing that... Um, I don't know how to explain, but um, I don't have a ball on me right now. But like you know how you hit the seam, yes, right? and the ball turns, right? Yep. So um, if you're turning the ball at a certain angle, it grips and turns. Mm -hmm. On a slow surface or on a turning surface, it turns sharp, right? Mm -hmm. So and obviously it drifts and then turns. The art is like if you just miss the seam, the ball acts like, like a, a normal spin ball like so it drifts in but you just miss the seam and it skids through right yep so it's in new zealand we call it natural variation but in subcontinent people you know make a living out of it you know <laughs> someone like hirat you know hirat was a good example of you know sort of um doing that so so that's that's a skill which indian bowler probably had more than english bowlers um and the more important thing is indian bowlers bowl less boundary balls, less bad balls than English bowlers. And that is the key on those tracks. You know, that's why probably apart from Kumble, who is quick through the year, like see someone like Shane Warne, the guys who give more air, probably were not as successful in India because um, you need to bowl less bad balls to win the games there. And finger spinners usually mm. have more control. So um, England probably in between, you can use the crease to Indian, uh, Eng Eng England bowlers. So they probably bowl more bad balls than Indian bowlers if that makes sense. And yep. I think taking Joru to, like, Joru took Pfeiffer, but he obviously, the the thing I was talking about is like, you know, uh, intentionally missing, just missing the same. Just missing the same. That skid. But yep. he obviously, he's a, he's a part-timer. He's, he's obviously taken a Pfeiffer in test cricket. So I won't say he's a part-timer, but again, like he's a, not the first choice spin bowler. So he took five wickets, all of them turned. Whereas, so out of rest of 23, 21 were on the balls that didn't turn. So that's like a huge chunk of the balls, deliveries, which were taking wickets that were not spinning. So I think it's, I mean, Taran probably is from India, so we'll know better. Um, <laughs> no. They would have similar conditions in Indian domestic cricket as well. But because they play enough on it, they probably know how to use the depth of the crease either way. And um, I think it's just probably India bowl less bad balls and batted better than England. But England definitely had better of conditions. Had India batted first, 
you know, they probably would have put a lot more runs on board. Well, I mean, like, we, we what you're saying there is, you know, um, showing there because I didn't realise when I actually went to look at the scoreboard today, just before the show, Zach Crawley actually got a 50. So if they apply, if the application was there the, they, and they stuck it out, they could actually bet on that pitch. But as I say, it's just basically, I think you guys both alluded to it when we talked about it with the second test. There's a fact is that you've got batsmen that aren't used to playing in those conditions. So that's why an Indian batsmen are more used to playing in that sort of, on that sort of pitch, um, expecting those sorts of deliveries. The bowlers also uh, have bowled more balls on those pitches as well. So that's where the hometown advantage comes in. Not the fact that the pitch is a turner. It's just the fact that your people from home know how to bowl in those conditions. It's like yeah. Trent Bolt and Southie know how to bowl on the Seymour at Eden Park. I think if you if you go back to um, England, England invests a lot of money into their development programs. So it's these conditions are probably not foreign to them. They go to Dubai every second week in many ways, right? Every year they're there. They've got the money to produce all sorts of pitches that they produce. Um, they can. They need to train on. Their Lions go there. Um, they send a Lions tour um, as a precursor to any big marquee tournaments go there. They went to Sri Lanka the other few weeks ago to get ready for India, and they scored runs there. So that, I don't think that is it. Um Obviously, I think it shows the gulf between the Sri Lankan bowlers and the Indian bowlers to start with. And to um, to Joe Root's point that you're talking about from the bowling front, I think Joe Root being a part-timer, you know, at a test match level, naturally has an inconsistency to land the ball on the seam, right? So he becomes even more threatening as opposed to a front-line spinner. You know, he's not getting through his action the right way all the time. So when yep. he gets it right, it hits. When he doesn't get it right, it skids naturally. That's the natural <laughs> variation without actually trying. So therein lies an advantage. And then you go back to the batting side, back to this batting. They train on these wickets. Absolutely. They don't. If you put them in a net on that exact wicket, they'll probably play a better percentage cricket. But what I think they failed to show is adaptability and fluidity on that wicket. They went with the mindset, oh, we're going to block, either going to block the pass, we're all going to sweep, or we're all going to charge. There wasn't a, I'm going to actually... A consistent approach. Um, oh, I'm just going to actually react to the ball. Wasn't mm -hmm. quite there. They were kind of preset in the emotions. I read a, many years ago when Ganguly was out of form, I um, read an article and he said, on playing on these kind of tracks, you just play it as if it's a normal ball. And if it spins past you, it spins past you. You put it away and you start again. You don't allow that to dictate the next ball. And I think these guys allowed for that one ball that turned to then play on their mind. And then, like Taz said, the straight ball then became even more threatening. Add to that, the extra lack that the Taz picked up on made it skid more, that turn more. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah, so I think there's quite a few factors there. So I'd I think it's unfair that their former greats are all bagging the wicket. But I think it was nice to see Nathan Lyon jump to India's defence. Mm. I don't know if you guys yep. saw that. Saw that saw that yeah. today, actually. We've got Paul jumping in, so we'll just bring Paul in and, and uh, see what he's got. Well, also, one of the points that um, Tarun's been making about at domestic level is, is when people take you seriously. 
Like they 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 plan for you. They have a they they know what they're going to face. They won't have. It's unlikely that the Indian players would have spent that much time. I'm guessing, planning to face Joe Root. Um, so they haven't got that plan to smash him out of the attack. Yeah. Um, so hence, uh, so, so I think it's, it's, I mean, I guess that's, would that be fair to say? I think they probably didn't plan for Joe, Jack Leach either, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Who do they, yeah, well, actually, so let's, let's, let's take that back a little bit. Cause I mean, like they're actually sort of a little bit also relates to what Sherubin, um put in the chat room in terms of on a spinning pitch and they picked three seamers. Who let's let's go. So we'll, we'll take that in as four. well. We'll, four, four, seamers, four, seamers, Ben Stokes. Um, we, we, um, so who sh who were they planning to bowl if they weren't going to bowl Jack Leach in your mind? Well, I think I'll, I'll go first. I mean, I'll just take you back in the 70s, right? So West Indies used to carry four or five fast bowlers. Um, I remember like I was reading a book, um, I mean, Viv Richards, one of his autobiographies. And he talked about like the ball halfway pissed halfway and then bounced for, for a fast bowler, you know. Yeah. So they those were like, according to like you know West Indians, those were like heavily suited to Indian bowlers, right? India played with four spinners and four very good spinners too. Um, in those conditions, West Indies picked their best bowlers, right? Um, whereas um, Joe Root probably has bowled as well as the other spin bowler they had available. So yeah. I think based on that, um, with pink ball, um, they probably thought it might swing. With like, you know, obviously, you know, yeah, they, they hope, may thought, yeah, might more swing. than anything. Eh? Yeah, because it's a test match. So Jack Leach can pretty much bowl half from one side anyways, you know, if he's bowling well. And then um, I guess like they're probably taking a punt there where they probably Joe the, the night bowled. Joe Root would have bowled the spinners of the second spinner, like overs mm -hmm. of the second spinner. Mm -hmm. And then that gives them an option of, um, because the game didn't go deep enough to see like, you know, how much that would have, uh, like once the pitch is worn out, um, because some tracks, the fastball is actually like, say someone like Malcolm Marshall used to do better on like, you know, those kind of spinning tracks. So I think it really depends. Um, I'm sure they would have given it a thought. Um, like common sense says that you you would have picked as many spinners as you could <laughs> because you know um in, in those conditions but i think one is the pink ball and secondly they probably use joe root as their second spinner and they probably thought they might as well sort of you know um take an extra pacer if it swings they have more options what do you think Taryn? yeah they yeah i i, I think it shows how little confidence they had in Don Bess, even after the wickets he did get. And I feel for the guy. I've been in that situation myself. Um, so, you know, like, I think they had no confidence in him. And that's the biggest thing for that. When you look at the squad they picked, I think that highlights that. Then they went with the four quicks in the hope that regardless of what people say, no matter what country you're in and what the pitch does, the pink ball will swing. But unfortunately, having won the toss, they needed to get all out in the last session or at least bat two sessions, get to 200, give their four quicks a chance under lights, maybe try and get four or five Indians in the last session to give themselves a chance. That way they would have batted during the day. And sister almost played with a bit of a plan. When that didn't happen, that plan went straight out the window. And Jack Leach, in fact, for all the wickets and wonderful work he's done, 
even he's not fit enough. It shows that he's not physically fit enough to bowl those 20, 35, 40 over innings. A day. And keep it, yeah. yeah. And they keep it held up. He'll take wickets, yes. But his control on the runs, I think his bad balls start creeping in on day two and stuff. So yeah, they I probably just needed get... a spinner. So I just wanted to say one thing I was going to say. So basically when you're saying about the bad balls, because effectively you're bowling the bad balls frequently enough, it's allow, you're taking the pressure off, aren't you, in terms of uh, off the batsman because he can sort of relax a bit. I've scored some runs. I've sent something to the boundary or, or picked up a couple, whatever. It releases that pressure valve for the batsman. Whereas if you know bad balls, it's just building and building and building. Would that is, is that basically the concept there? Oh, yes. Look, I mean, um, obviously you release the pressure as soon as you bowl a bad, bad ball. Then the batsmen obviously expect that you will bowl bad balls. So they just wait for them, you know. And uh, like, I think Dom Best, that's probably, and even Moin Ali, but Dom Best in particular, bowled a lot of long hops and full tosses or low full tosses. Um, which on yeah. those wickets are gold, like for batsmen, because you, you get a low full toss, it's a four, right? But if you land it on the spot, like, you know, obviously, you know, it's hard. So I think, like, um, there were enough bad balls, um, especially, like, in the previous test as well, when Moin Ali was getting his rhythm right. Um, and yeah, and Indians I... ball less bad balls, put it that way. That's the thing. And that's a really good point you made earlier on, Taz, about finger spinners. And if you look back over the, through the history, the times that India has been toppled in India, it's been fast finger spin. Yes. Swan and Panasar that come to mind, right? Yeah. Swan and Panasar, even O'Keefe, O'Keefe when he got the living foot in Mumbai. Yeah. And yeah, O'Keefe got a living foot in Mumbai. And prior to that, Michael Clark in Bangalore in like 03, 04. He took, he took no, six for nine. Six wickets yeah, for nine. Yeah, in the round 03, 04, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I it's, think it it's was fast. all four or five, yeah, but later. Yeah, it's fast. It's fast finger spin. And and if you look at what wrist spin is, even you can, your recollection for, of Shane Warne in India, outside of white ball where there's more skin, his red ball figures aren't as great. And you probably will struggle to pick a finger uh, wrist spinner doing well in India. Maybe Canaria would have. I don't know. I don't uh, think Mushtaq Ahmed even. I mean, Kumble did well because he's quick through the air. But he had more skid than he had turn, That's what right? I'm saying. He, he was had... quick through the air. Like, yeah. I mean, not not talking about you, but just, just bringing your name up. Like, I think when Black Caps toured India not long ago, I mean, three, four, five years ago, when you were still playing, that's what I thought. Like, you know, if they take you there because of your pace, you create, yeah. like, you need a bit more pace because that's when you create, like, the skid and uh, sharp, sharp, sharp spin as well. Because if you're if you're bowling yeah. like like if you're bowling around eighty miles in India um, as a finger spinner yeah, or any yeah. spinner, people just come down and like you know sort of um, milk milk yeah. it. And so you got and, to be bowling around. I think, in my opinion, you got to be bowling around 90, 90, 90, 90 case to be ninety and upwards. Eh? Yeah, to be in. And that's of, where, and the flip side of that, and the flip side of that is, a lot of Indian uh, spinners, even somebody as good as Ashwin. It's taking him, taking him three trips to Australia to actually get a hang of bowling in countries yes. outside of the subcontinent because here you actually have to get over the ball and put some overspin on the ball to get it to bounce and drop and do all that. In India, like um, Taz said, if you bowl quickly enough in one spot, the pitch will do something for you. So they don't actually learn the art of spinning the ball hard. 
here's somebody like Sodi, he's a beautiful exponent of actually spinning the ball because he's forced to spin it, otherwise he gets pumped. But with that comes bad balls. That's why when he goes to the slower wickets, he gets found out because he's used to bowling a lot more bad balls. But no, yeah, okay. I think finger spins the way. And, and Narayan, no, question again, that, Narayan did uh, really well. He still does with the IPL? Yeah. And hey, um, from Sri Lanka? Oh, Mendes. From Sri Lanka, he had first couple of good series against some uh, quality Indian batting lineup. Mm. I'm going to I'm going to chuck something up from Shrubin again in terms of, because I was thinking the same thing. It's in in Karen alluded to it. We might have actually not seen too much fast bowling um, in in the test. So did you guys actually see any of the fast bowlers bowling and getting swing? Yeah. Did we did we actually, did we saw some swing from the pink ball? Oh, like the odd one, uh, probably not enough yeah. balls to kind of. So the, the thing is, like, this is an SG SG pink ball. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a kookaburra. It's not a kookaburra. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that is the difference as well. Um, I yeah. don't know where what happened the last day and night in India. We'll probably use the same ball, but uh, it doesn't um, matter. It was Bangladesh, so I don't think anybody counts. <laughs> Uh, I've I've seen some like some some swing, but I mean Archer was probably bowling two lengths, like you know too short. Um, so yeah. obviously you're not gonna. But I mean, if there was anything as Taron said, if England batted long enough, that's when probably under the lights probably would have a better chance to use the pace bowlers. But this yep. ping ball, I don't know uh, SG ping ball how much it swings. But as I said, like it has an extra cord of uh, lecker on it. <laughs> yeah, and I that's, no, that's while we're on that. Let's let's assume fast tracks four months. Let's assume India makes it to the World TV, uh, World Cup final, the cricket test final. What ball gets used, Taz? Is it a Dukes? Is it a Kookaburra? Is it a SG? Or is there a toss for what ball is used? Oh, I don't know. Because in England, obviously, uh, Pakistan played Australia, and I remember it was Dukes ball. So if you in play in England, it's got to be Duke. They, they, they played that sort of test match against Australia. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, why yeah. they played against Australia and England, but I think that was... No, Duke's. because uh, Pakistan was a no-go zone at the time, and yeah. Pakistan had played in Sri Lanka and in England during those days. It was a cheaper so venue to host. Well, it come down to who, who administers the game. I mean, like, um, yeah, I, mean, I just automatically would have thought, because it's in England... You know, England supplies, for want of a term, it'll be the Duke's ball. Oh, you might find, you might find BCCI finding a <laughs> legal ball in there. No, but the thing is, oh. uh, Duke's ball is actually closer to SG than Kookaburra. Yeah, but not in terms of um, Trent Bolt's hands. They still have scars from the semi final of the Cricket World Cup, so there's yes, no way they want to face Bolt and Saudi with that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it'll be interesting. Hey, um, yeah. just moving on to something that um, Simon brought up actually. Um, where, where's it gone? Where's it gone? Where's it gone? Now I've lost it. Sorry, uh, I'll find it in a sec. There we go. Yeah, Zimbabwe versus Afghanistan. Zimbabwe's in all sorts of a mess, aren't they? Really, I mean, Afghanistan will be looking pretty good to do well on a Test match series against Zimbabwe, especially if they've Where's got all their. Played? Yeah, hang on, I'll just. Uh, it's being in the UAE. Oh, I think. From Zimbabwe what I can is work okay. Out. I think I think Zimbabwe is okay, and 
Afghanistan, they caught a almost too white ball dominated. Like they play too much around the world that I, I think if you play boring cricket, you could probably prey on Afghanistan. If you were a Zim, you'd back yourself, I think. And they've got a really yep. good coach. If Lalchan Rajput is still there, who's got an experienced, savvy old former Indian player. So I think they'll be okay if they play smart. If they, but then Afghanistan's got a couple of spin bowling match winners, right? Outside of that, I don't think they've got too much else. The thing is, like, UAE tracks are not like ranked turners like Indian tracks, right? So you've got to be, um, you've got to be sort of, um, with, with Zimbabwe, they've got experience. So I think, I don't know if Sikandar Raza is still playing, he probably would be. Uh, Taylor. Uh, so they've got yeah. some seriously experienced players. So it's not like, um, I think they will give a tough fight because the thing with the Afghanistan is obviously they don't play much test cricket. So they're bringing their obviously um, white ball cricketers into test cricket. So it'll be interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sean Williams, he's a big name for Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah, it yeah. does really, really well. Sean Williams, Sikandaraza, Brendan Taylor, those three put together. Zimb- Afghanistan don't even have a single player of that caliber in their batting ca- cards, I reckon, yeah. in the, on their ranks. Yeah. Just sort of. Yeah, look, I mean, um, it'll be interesting to see how that. It's just like, just listening to you guys, it's like, sounds like, I mean, is it Afghanistan got a couple of um, world class spinners in their squad? But then what else one, is around really, there? One. Just one. one. Oh, yeah. okay. Is Nabi still playing? Without Nabi, I yes, think yeah. they won't even Nabi have a backbone. Because Nabi's Nabi at least got a bit of backbone. He's experienced. He'll hold up the innings. Yeah. I think other than him, I don't think I don't see many Afghanistani players to be patient players that have a desire to bat there, long there and is, grind there is, it out. There is a, there is a batsman. Um, I forgot his name. He's actually grew up in Pakistan. That's why I know Asuka, him. Oh, the, the Afghan uh, Dhoni. Shahzad. So he not, no, no, no. He bats at three. He's a uh, Rahmat Shah. So he's an orthodox yeah, okay. batsman. He's actually yeah. he's he's quality. If you get a chance to in any watch any highlights, he's actually a stable sort of. He plays in the one days for them and and test matches. Oh, yeah. But he's someone who actually he looks apart. So he's not like yeah. your T Twenty like sort of header. That's he's it. like an orthodox batsman who builds his oh, yeah. So I think he's probably their their best batsman. In that format, yeah, yeah, I'd actually like to see a nice little tri series between Ireland, Afghanistan, and Zimbabwe, but almost uh, something in different conditions like one in UAE, one in Dublin, one in Zim, and see who the best team is across the board because they are evenly matched, looks like. Yeah, I think Ireland probably, probably outside Ireland, they will struggle, you know. Um, but then they and, also and have similar right. investment, right? They've spent a lot of time playing in the Division One cricket, which is all played in Dubai. Yeah. Hey, come yeah, on. You, again, remember that, um, you remember Ireland um, knocked over England recently? <laughs> oh, yeah. Almost knocked them over. Oh, I think they almost knocked over Pakistan, didn't they? In the yeah. Match. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. In Ireland, they will, in England, under those conditions, they'll probably do better. But they keep on losing their players to county cricket. So, it's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. Where they're going to get paid more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and I suppose to wrap things up, um, we'll we'll bring it back home with the um, T20 series carrying on against Australia. 
obviously a bit of a spanner thrown in the works and i'm quite disappointed um obviously we all are with uh, being going into lockdown again means that we don't get to go to eden park this week um on friday uh the double header that was there will now be played um at the westpac what are they calling it sky stadium uh down in wellington where all the remaining games will be played so yeah a bit disappointing with that but um how do we how do we see this um you know look the black caps will be definitely looking to um wrap it up um at the cake tin on um on wednesday won't they well i mean i guess like last game was you know was was close you know so uh, i guess australia will pro- probably try to um um try to prove a point so um i don't know i mean if it swings as i said like you know last before the last game as well um, New Zealand's got like obviously bowlers who can swing the new ball. If you do that, you get early wickets, and then um, if their middle order gets in first few overs, you always have a chance against Australia. Darren, yeah, uh, I think I think the the dimensions, the New Zealand grounds, and unless you have an understanding on how to play on them, you get spooked. New Zealand wickets are also a little bit different. They're flat for guys that have played here. We think they're flat. But when you come from overseas, they all say it's got a different feel, different kind of flat. It takes a bit of getting used to. So mm-hmm. you can't just go straight away. But in terms of good bowling attacks coming here and getting shackled by guys like uh, Gaptu and Co, the boundary sizes may play a big part. You know, like if you think back to like that Josh Felipe's uh, dismissal, in Australia, that would have trickled the sweeper on the third bounce. Here, he's yep. caught at sweeper. <laughs> you know, so it's just what's what's a one in some countries is out. What's out in some countries is a six. Yeah, yeah. I was like Pakistan team when they came over for T20s. They found that like it wasn't quick, but it was a little bit spongy, slow bounce to get it's used to. It's a whole like just stand yes. up. Yeah, and New Zealand batsmen obviously don't. I mean, the boundaries are small, so you don't really need to go hard out at it. All you need to do is time. In Australia, generally, the boundaries are bigger and the tracks are, like, more quicker. So they just need to go through the shot. But sometimes you can see most of the guys are trying to muscle the ball, whereas in New Zealand, you probably don't need to do that. Yeah, uh, you do like yeah. what Martin yeah. Gaffer does and hold, hold the shot. Basically, you don't yeah. have to go all the way through it. Yeah, I think you're almost, yeah. Like, you're right, as like... The New Zealanders, you show, you can see this composure. They never feel like they're behind the game because they understand how small the f- dimensions are. So they're never um, feeling under pressure and give wickets away. But uh, the touring teams see the rate and think, "Oh, I've got to hit a six. You don't have to hit it 85 meters here." So if you and they try and swing too hard, lose their shape, and then the pitch that hold comes in. And it doesn't quite connect and because of you the dimensions. Certain pockets, certain pockets of the field is always bigger than normal because of the rugby dimensions of our fields. So you skew them wide into pockets and get caught out. So it's quite mm-hmm. cunning sport, you know. It's really well um, structured and played by us over here. So hard to beat. So I can't see us unless we get rolled over. I can't see us losing the series. That's good. But, but, but one thing I, I can't, you know, following the Black Caps for how many years, and it doesn't matter how strong we are, uh, or strong a position we get ourselves into, 
we always have to make the game a nail biter. Well, we can't seem to polish the opposition off. It's oh, so frustrating. It's like I don't want to sit there biting my nails in every game. Yeah, I like, guess we are the nice, nice guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just oh, like look, being, being kind. Rest of the game. If any other, yeah. So what that can do is obviously that would help Australia more than New Zealand because all the games are. Why is that? Because if you play oh, the same surface, to it, you yeah, you get used to the size of the boundaries, you get used to the pace of the pitch, and that probably helps, you know. I reckon here's one, right? I'll put this out there. If the wind gets up in Wellington, I reckon there'll be drop catches in in the coming games. Oh because, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because the Cakedown is like because it's a big stadium. There's wind number. The wind is howling over the top, right? So when it goes up, it's howling, and when it comes down into the stadium side, it either drops Jump. straight down, or it's flattered because the wind's going round <laughs> in circles. <laughs> So oh. it's, it's quite difficult to catch. So I reckon there'll be some funny drops potentially. Well, not only that, but I mean, you, you see it more with the rugby ball in that stadium is the fact is that in one part of the stadium, the wind's blowing one direction and, the, and 10 metres up up the field, it's blowing in an absolutely different direction. So the wind yeah. inside the stadium's got its own little vortexes happening almost. So yeah, yeah that'll be, yep. But then it's really long straight. It's very long straight. It's yep. like an oval, right? It's very long straight. So whoever is able to bowl full and force you to head straight probably will be the successful team. And if you just end up banging the length, people will just drag you across both ways and it'll cost you. You almost have to be too full and get well, bunted down to long off, long on. So err on the side of being full. Well, low full toss is better than... Too uh, full. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Just too full, like really hard to get under full. So they'll just keep smashing it straight, like extra cover and long off. Yep. And then have that stacked. <laughs> yeah, and then you get hey. cute and the guy's just going to pull you across for sixes. <laughs> the um, the other thing is that we saw this before our previous lockdown about a year ago where New Zealand was actually in Australia and uh, we played a few games over there um, with no crowds and it, watching it on TV is just bizarre. It just felt strange, didn't it? I mean, canned noise doesn't do it. Just seeing empty stadiums. Um, I mean, I know we're used to empty stadiums at test match level at times. And when we look at Eden Park, for example, but when you've got absolutely nobody in the crowd and no atmosphere, what it feels like, no atmosphere coming through the TV, even watching it on TV just feels weird. Obviously, for the players, it's going to seem weird as well, isn't it? It's going to take adjustment. I think I'll start off as I think that'll play in Australia's favour. New Zealand crowds are additional support for the team, especially against Australia. They come up in droves and they really get stuck in and get behind New Zealand. New Zealand team, it looks like, almost goes to the next level at home with the crowd behind them, especially against Australia. And without that, I think it'll play for both teams, well, against New Zealand and in Aussie's favour. Yep. What do you reckon, uh, Ted? Yeah, I think that I agree. And and another thing is like, um, especially when you're playing at home, that feeling of having your own supporters at the ground helps. You know, it's kind of like, it's I don't know. I mean, um, you know, when you're raising a bat, who you're raising the bat to? You know, your mates. <laughs> <laughs> the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just um, because like sometimes like you know obviously um, you know you're doing it for the crowd. You know. Uh, in terms of like you know you, all the support you get, so definitely it's a it's a disadvantage to New Zealand for not having the crowd. But I guess in 
this day and age, uh, they will probably get used to it. You know, this, I can't see why they don't have crowds. It's level two. You can have you can have stands of hundreds, and you could have had about a thousand people out there or whatever. But I suppose it's too expensive to open up. Yes, yeah, uh, I think yeah. You never know. Aucklanders try to sneak in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm sort of thinking, you know, that, we don't need to get on the road. We can just get in a boat and go round, you know, round the roadblocks on the boat. <laughs> but on that, on that whole thing of Auckland to seek me out, on a cricketing thing, what are you, your guys' thoughts around people just playing cricket at the nets in groups, big groups? I, I recently, the suburb I live in, I'm part of this Facebook page, and this Kipe Park is rammed with people playing cricket. <laughs> today and today and yesterday, my family and I, so our bubble, so we, we're not meeting anyone, went to our local park, went for a walk to the local park, eight to ten people playing cricket on the pitch. And ten, yep. actually, ten people we counted. Oh, man, it must be a very big household. Uh, it's, oh, look, I, I, I honestly don't know what to say, tell you the truth. I, I think it's, um, people. You know, it, we, we talk about the fact that everybody's taking this very seriously and that the reality is is that people aren't taking it seriously. It's just, and they try to do what they can to do what they want to. I mean, like, there obviously in certain circumstances, you can't go to um, things that are closed down or whatever. You can't go to work, work closed or whatever. But you can go to a park. Hey, let's go play cricket. Sweet as, no worries, you know. And well, forget it. Like... Oh, well, forgot about COVID. Yeah, that's right. I guess like playing soccer is probably you can keep still keep some distance with cricket. You're using the same ball. <laughs> no, but you can't well, I, with soccer because you're in close quarters. With cricket, you actually can. Yeah, but you're touching the same ball, right? With cricket, you're touching the same ball. With soccer, you're kicking the same ball. You're putting your shoulder on the same ball, and you're yeah. breathing on each other. <laughs> cricket looks very socially distant, but they are using the same ball. You know. As we got told today, did you kindly go and tell them to pull their head in and go home? <laughs> um, I was because uh, I I was with my son. We were just playing around. I was like, oh, if their ball comes this way, what do I do? Do I pass it back or do I just leave it and let them pick it up? Yeah. That was my dilemma. Kick it, tow it, but tow we, it. Yeah, just nudge it we back watched, to them. <laughs> we saw the we saw the way the game was set up. It was leg side only. They were playing throw with the tennis ball and trying to hit sixes. So oh, we went and right. parked up on the offside, knowing there'd be like no one hitting balls that way. So I was not going to touch it. So they no, went the in the nets. Park on. Hillsborough. Oh, Mr. okay. Hillsborough Park. Yeah, Carlton yep. Street. But yeah, uh, no, not cool. Yes. Now look, I mean, it's I don't know. It's it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? But I I I don't think. I mean, when you look at someone like Westpac Stadium, um, when you were alluding to the fact is that at level two you can have groups of a hundred. And we know in Australia they actually have done this where they've opened the stadium. And when you think about the number of sections that they have, um, they could probably still get something like about 5,000 people at least in. Um, and, and to have some sort of crowd in there, um, you know, you can have a, in a section, 100 at the top, 100 at the bottom, you've still got your distance separation in between. So could be done, I think. But yeah. um, at the yeah. end of the day, how much does it cost to do the management? You got your bucket; it's around the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other, the other thing is, I think they they have they, they say that um, at least when they were doing it during the minor ten cup for last year, uh, you had basically one entrance for a section. So it doesn't matter how many sections you've got; it also comes down to how many doors have you got that gets you in there. How many separate corridors can you? How how many 
yeah, how many flows uh, can you kind of totally segregate it, it, it up? So way. It's not always as simple as just, yeah, well, that's a section of 100 mm. um, and so forth. Right. Yeah, but you can also easily like um, stack them in and out. You can say, look, you're coming in between X and Y, and you guys are after the so and so and all that. But yeah, well, yeah. Look, obviously it was in the too hard basket for some reason yeah, that we don't know. It's just like I suppose there's and, an and element of the fact that I mean, again, again, also similar, similarly um, at uh, talking to uh, behind the scenes at the Waikato, so totally off the record, not to be repeated. Um, that yeah, that they they were making massive losses um for 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 a for a level two opening up a standard it's like yep we can't do that again next game mm. now yeah. i'm sort of thinking it's just the fact is that the other thing is that like okay we want to we want to be able to have a situation where we don't we get told oh you can't hold the venue the event so we'll just simplify it as much as possible as well so that reduce that risk even more Yes. Well, we shall see anyway. And um, I suppose that can things to a much of a conclusion. Um, obviously, uh, what, what, what cricket are you guys uh, planning on make, making sure you're parked up for this week? Oh, is there any cricket on? <laughs> Waiting for the oh, India test now. on Sunday. Indo Kiwi on Sunday. Indo Kiwi on Sunday. Yeah. Well, if we go back down to level two. Yes, yeah. Man, yeah, you guys, so oh, you guys are dreaming. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I said yeah. if we go down to level two. <laughs> oh, no. If we go down to level two, there will be quarterfinals in Indo Kiwi. Taz, will you be um, putting the pads on and getting me out there again this weekend? If it mm. is. Uh, no, I mean, I actually didn't do that well in the last game I played for them. So I've kind of volunteered to uh, sit out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> On merit, like oh, no. I, I, I don't think I deserve a spot. So uh, he's been cut. He's been cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no, that'll I, be interesting. It'll be interesting. I know that's um, his, that's every married man's way of saying my wife's angry. I need to suspend a day at home. <laughs> <laughs> I need to end this broadcast because my wife's angry, and I'm going to go do the dishes. <laughs> 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 hey look guys thanks for being on the show again i really appreciate it um as we say um we're at the mercies of the lockdown and and there's the silver lining to that is the fact is that if we are in lockdown we get to get taryn and taz back again next week and um talk about what's happened in the week that's preceded us so uh well I, I, on one hand i go yeah it'd be cool we're in lockdown and on the other hand it's like no we don't want to be in lockdown so we'll see what happens and uh we'll, we'll see you back here next week on Swinging from the Hip at 8pm and make sure you tune in for all the other shows on New Zealand Sport Radio during the week as well. Now with league and soccer and rugby all firing up the shows during the week, check out the New Zealand Sport Radio Facebook page. It'll tell you times for all those shows. And of course, you've got the morning sports briefing on Monday and the mornings as well at 7pm. Paul, you'd like to add something? At 7am. And don't and, um, a very special video about to come out in the next hour of my uh, uh, medal-winning performance um, at the Waihee Bomb competition. Yeah, that's that's not explosive. That's actually landing in water bombing, okay? Just in case <laughs> anybody was wondering. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but again, thank you all for viewing, and we'll see you back again next week on Swinging from right. the Hip. Thank you. Cool. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.